Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. I know you're gonna dig this. Attention, please. Bomber cloud, shoot the bomb fireman. Yeah. 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 Yeah, chrome hearts at the Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K-Bar, you can be established. And we are back. My brothers and sisters, my comrades, my main comrade is right here with me. I'm talking about Mr. K.O. Kenny, Kenny T himself. How's it going, fam? My man KT's on mute, so I, I could tell you he's, he's can't doing- complain. Here we go. My fault. Can't complain. We already know coming to you from Washington Heights. KO Kenny, it's a little cold out here. AKO, aka Hoodie Kenny. Put the Hoochie Daddy shorts away, Kenny. We here, we live. Can't stop, won't stop. Let's do it, baby. 100 percent And it's my intro usually coming at you from the Bronx, New York, but I'm actually upstate in uh Dutchess County right now. But it's Sunday, it's the weekend over here, and we're gonna make sure. We knock another episode out of the park. It is Mano a Mano 66. And uh, we're going to talk about one of the biggest weekends uh, in boxing this year. So many cards, so many fights. We're going to go over the main ones. And uh, before I do that, I just want to shout out Sly Tendencies. Big up Sly Tendencies. Uh, no reason to apologize about anything, Sly. No reason to apologize. This is Sly Tendencies. Hollywood. He's gone Hollywood based on the uh, the avatar over there. Uh, Sly is not just a sub. Sly is a member. I want to uh, give a big out, a big shout out to all of the members here on Maestro. Ah, okay, all of the members. We got another one over here, Chauncey Pearl, sitting up uh, us up with a super chat to get things started uh he says chauncey uh, he says chauncey pearls that is just rewatch the wilder ko that fight was not fixed that was a perfect place short right hand that caught helenius coming in we're gonna get into that because uh, joe habib went live earlier this morning uh, he believes strongly that it was a fixed fight i have my own opinions on that fight and that punch we're definitely going to get into that, Chauncey. We're going to go over that punch frame by frame. We're going to get Lenny, uh, Kenny to, to chime in on it. Not Lenny. Lenny was going back and forth with me on Twitter. Leonard Eller. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sly, this is, Joe was absolutely going off uh, on that one. And maybe he'll join us later. I know he's, he's, he's doing his thing. But uh, I was on there with him for about an hour this morning talking about that punch all right but before we get started i want to go to the first fight i want to talk about kenny i want to talk about haney gambosis jr now a lot of people weren't really looking forward to this one because of how dominating the performance was in the first fight uh i'm not gonna say i was excited about the fight but i was looking forward to it because regardless of what you think this wasn't an easy fight for Devin haney and i'll tell you why Number one, just look at his body in the weigh-in. This young man is ready to move up to 140. I don't think you could have gotten another ounce out of his body 
in terms of making the, the lightweight division. He was bone dry. His eyes were sunken in. His Bellator. His cheeks were sunk. Were were were, were you know he looked he looked like uh, like Christian Bale. Well, when he was <laughs> his movie roles, I mean, it was it was crazy. So, um, yeah, it, it wasn't easy from that standpoint making the weight, and he did have to go all the way back to Australia for this rematch and fight back to back fights on his opponent's home soil. So again, that wasn't easy. Uh, so, you know, for all of the people saying this was an easy fight, it wasn't an easy fight. And George Gambosis Jr. did uh, work harder this fight. He was definitely trying harder this fight. He was definitely trying to do different things in this fight. He came out switching stances. I would say that somewhat worked for the first round. But after that, it was Haney, Haney, Haney. Uh, he was pot-shotting with the right hand. He was dominating with the jab. I thought he was going to the body more than he did the first fight. There was still some holding, but not as much as the first fight because I think he wasn't really just trying to just get the win. He wanted to stamp the win with a knockout. He didn't get it, but it was a, a definite improvement, I felt, from Devin Haney. It was an improvement, too, by George Gambosis. I just think Haney's a more complete fighter. And uh, George did his best, but he, he did come up against a, a superior fighter in Devin Haney. Kenny, what are your thoughts? Oh, man, I really, I, I, I like most of everybody, was not excited when the, the fight was announced. As the fight was coming closer, I still wasn't excited. It was like whatever to me. And then I started watching the final press conferences the week of the fight and how Devin Haney was reacting and how Devin Haney kind of embraced the media life he embraced boxing he embraced he embraced himself it's like he grew up like he matured a couple of years in the time from the last fight to this fight and how he reacted to the media and how he reacted to his persona how he reacted to everything you know he had got me super hyped with the uh, i'm gonna knock him out talk with with the uh, uh with the face off when he when he's like i'm gonna f you up i'm gonna f you up i'm gonna f you up you, you know all in his face bro it, it got me super hyped I didn't, besides, before that, I didn't really care about the fight. But, yo, you have to give shout-outs and, and big praise to George Cambosis because after that L that he took last time to try to go to your training camp and just recreate yourself completely as a fighter after so much years of fighting in the same style, I think you got to give George Cambosis some props for trying to recreate himself and going back to the lab and trying hard. And you can't take anything away from him. You can't say that the guy is not skilled. You can't take anything away from his heart. You can't take anything away from his uh, sportsmanship. Like, you got a big George Cambosis up for everything that he did, taking the loss so graciously. But on the other side of that, you got to big up your boy, big old Devin Haney, because that's big Haney now. That's not little Haney now. That, that heart, the way he was talking, I, I found it very impressive. I don't think he looked as good as he did in his first fight because he completely dominated that first fight. But he did look good in, uh, in, in certain other aspects. I feel like he did look a little stronger. I felt like he was more confident and aggressive with his movements. I like what he was doing a lot with his feet, the the the, the, the keeping George Cambosis kind of on his toes because George Cambosis was moving a lot. He was having trouble hitting him early on. I love what he was doing. I'm impressed by Devin Haney. I'm impressed by George Cambosis. Definitely let's not see that fight a third time, please. But 
I do want to see George Cambosos continuing to fight top tier uh, opponents and same for De- Devin Haney. I don't want to see that man at 135 no more. I, I, I felt terrible for him at the, uh, the when I saw him at the weight and that it, it just looked crazy. No, absolutely, Kenny. And one thing I want to say about this, too, is it's important when we're talking about the future of Devin Haney. Uh, he owes top rank another fight. And he, uh, you know, they're talking about him taking on Lomachenko, which I'm sure they'd like to do with lightweight. They're talking about him taking on Shakur Stevenson, again, which I'm sure they would like to do at lightweight because he's just moved up. Uh, from 130, so I don't see them putting in those guys uh, against Haney at at 135. If I'm Haney, the fight I would ask top rank for is the winner of Pedraza and Teofimo Lopez at 140. I think top rank is setting that up uh, because they probably think this is a a, a win for, for Teofimo. Uh, against Sniper Pedraza at 140. And given that they did have that past beef, given that there was so much going back and forth between those guys about the email champion and about I'm going to, you know, mess you up and whatever when they were face-to-face, you know, calling each other the B-word and all kind of other stuff, that that is where I would go if I was Devin Haney. Kenny? Uh, Devin Haney, I think 100% needs to go to the 140-pound division. I know they're talking about Lomachenko and how that's such a big fight, and Lomachenko is the only other uh, super accomplished guy in that weight class, and they're talking about Tank Davis and all these other big names at 135, which fights that could have happened. Unfortunately, I feel like it's way too late. I, it sucks for me and for you and all of us as boxing fans because it's probably fights that we're not going to see. Maybe Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney, but that'll be like at 140. I don't think we'll ever see Javante Tank Davis and Devin Haney because Davis does not belong at the 140-pound division, and Haney does not belong at 135. This is a wrap. Like, he's done there. Um, and those are the top fights for him at 135. 140, that's a whole nother world. Um I don't even know where he should start at 140. Shit, if anything, I just try to start off with T.O. Fimo. You ran from me at 135. You will not be running from me at 140. I'm going to beat that ass one way or another. You know, that's how I'd behave if I was Devin Haney. Because at the end of the day, T.O. Fimo was one of those guys that was on the other side that had the belts that was talking to smack and not giving dudes chance to get the belt. So, you know, uh, uh, I think uh, it's... Devin Haney's world right now to decide what the hell he does. Even, I feel like even if he goes up to 140 pounds, it's his world. This it, it's it, like it, because he is still has all the belts and he's not giving them up. Like uh, uh, what's his name, um, Josh Taylor? He, I, in my opinion, if he goes up to 140 pounds, although he had he's had zero fights at 140 pounds, I think that he becomes that guy at 140 pounds and it's josh taylor's fault for relinquishing them belts like a fool well josh taylor was under a lot of pressure uh in his situation because there was all that negativity around his win against uh jack catterall um but when you look at the division right now right super lightweights you know there are some fights over there for him josh taylor is still uh the you know, the, the top dog in the division, I get, I'd say. Uh, I mean, he only holds the WBO uh, 
He only holds the WBO title right now, but Josh Taylor's up there as an opponent. He's aligned with top rank. You mentioned him, Kenny. Um, Alberto Puello, who's actually Dominican like you, uh, is not aligned with uh, top rank. He's with the PBC. That's likely going to be a much more difficult fight to make. Jose Zapeda is aligned with uh, top rank, um, but I believe he's going to be taking on Regis Progre. Uh, and then you've got uh, Teofimo Lopez there with the WBO, the number one ranked guy, ranked just ahead of Liam Paro, who got a savage knockout in a fight that we said was a meaningless fight uh, earlier on uh, it, it, a few weeks ago. Uh, he absolutely destroyed his opponent in one round uh, in Australia with a brutal knockout. I don't know if you saw that one on the zone, Kenny, um, but that was a brutal knockout. So there are some opponents there. Uh, Liam Paro's probably not going to be one because he's aligned with Matchroom in the zone. As I said, Poyo is PBC. So I'm looking at names like Teofimo Lopez, like uh, Jose Zapata, and like Regis Progre. I'd go for the Teofimo fight because I think that fight sells. Uh, I, I agree, especially because the guy just went up from 135 pounds. It just makes sense. Like, I, if I was Haney, I'd go with the same type of memes and stuff that Terrence Crawford uh, was putting out. I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing for some Teofimo. I'm coming for you. I'm coming after you. I'm going to catch you, and I'm going to beat you. You know, or something. I don't know. But, yeah, man, uh, he has a lot of potential opponents. I definitely think that Devin Haney is 100% going to be a star if he isn't already. Like, he he's up there. But I think he's going to, like, the guy is doing Mayweather-esque, Mayweather-esque stardom type of stuff right now in his very young career. And I respect it, you know? We got to gotta big the man up. Um, so let, let's get let's get the likes up, guys. Hit that like button. All right, if you're just new to the channel, hit the subscribe button. This is Maestro and Kenny T. We go live every Sunday, 12 p.m. Eastern. That's 5 p.m. out there in the UK. And that's 9 a.m. if you're on the uh, Pacific West Coast of North America, which I know a lot of our, 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 our uh, listeners, our, our, our contributors, our, our subscribers are based California, all the way up to Washington State, British Columbia, there on the West Coast. So uh, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you ding the notification bell, too, and select all so that you know every time we go live. Now, look, that's what happened in Australia. Liam uh, Pato got that vicious knockout early in the day. Later on at night here in the United States, it was Devin Haney getting the win. I'd like to turn our attention to now, Kenny. Uh, one second. Before you move on, I have a question that I, I was curious that I want you to answer, actually, uh, which is, uh, did you see any change in Devin Haney's strength yesterday in his power? And do you think that it is, I do think it's, I think it's going to make a difference, but do you think it's going to make a difference him going to 140? And what type of difference is it going to make? Is it going to become like, oh, he's a KO artist now, 140, or just like, okay, he has stopping power? No, I, I don't know if he'll turn into a KO KO guy, one-punch KO guy. I see him more being able to fight like an Andre Ward, meaning that he's going to get stronger, meaning that physically he'll be more rugged in there. And, uh, you know, he'll be able to do to guys what Andre Ward did to Kovalev, which is get on the inside 
and and bully box a little bit. I don't think he can do that right now because he's weight trained, which I think was a big factor in why he was holding so much in the first fight and even uh, to and even in the, in the second fight to a lesser extent. I think when we see him going up, he's going to be physically stronger, Kenny. I saw a very weak uh, guy uh, at, at, at the weigh-in, and I, I think he can only get stronger if he doesn't have to cut those last five pounds. You? Big facts, big facts. I think that those last five pounds will allow him to even have, like, a better gas tank. You know, he won't be drained. He, he'll be stronger. He'll be physically able to, like, toss and turn with dudes a lot more. And he's also kind of tall. You know, you see him next to George Cambosis. He's kind of tall. So he's going to – I think he's going to fit right in at the 140-pound division. I, uh, uh, he, I definitely don't think he's going to go up there looking like Teofimo was looking at 135 at all. But I think he's going to go up there and be able to – more easily push dudes back with his jab and with his cross, you know, maybe get, you know, increase the volume of TKO knockouts, not like straight one shot knockouts. You know, that's, that's all I see really. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with that. So turning our attention to the all female fight card, it was originally scheduled for September. Uh, the queen died in England and it was rescheduled. I, I'm already on the record disagreeing with that decision i don't need to go over that all over again but what i will say is that the women put on a very good show the undercard was filled with mismatches no doubt i think that the major performance we can discuss from that is maybe the carolyn dubois uh performance she got the ko that's daniel dubois younger sister uh, another olympian um but moving over to the co-feature Michaela Mayer was very upset after the fight. Uh, she essentially was talking as if she got robbed. I don't think she got robbed. I, I thought it was a close fight, and I was f- perfectly okay with Baumgartner uh, getting the decision. Michaela Mar- Mayer started too slow. Uh, she did improve as the fight went on, but she gave up earlier rounds, and Mika- uh, Michaela was getting pot-shotted. Yeah, you, yeah. Baumgartner. Like Those are the kind of fun- punches that leave... A, a a a an impression on fight fans but more importantly on judges i mean when you're pot shutting somebody with clean power punches and there's very little coming back in terms of clean power punches you're gonna win the round and when michaela mayer did start going she did have some success success um you know working behind the jab uh following it up with right hands doing a better job of cutting off the ring and being on the front foot but it was too late and it was too little uh, for Michaela Mayer. And I don't think that she's really got a valid complaint here with the decision. Kenny. Look, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think that the fight was way too close. Uh, <clears throat> I don't regularly agree with the cast, <clears throat> the announcer sportscaster cast. I don't regularly agree with them. But I 100% agree with Timothy Bradley that there was not enough action from either woman in this fight. And that... Uh, the 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 beef appears like is like as if it's all smoke and mirrors. You know what I'm saying? Like only Baumgartner I felt was in there trying to hurt Mayer. I didn't really feel Mayer was in there trying to hurt Baumgartner. And you could also tell that Mayer was being affected by Baumgartner's power. Every time one of those powerful looking hit hooks will land on Mayer, you will see Mayer kind of like 
take the impact and kind of duck the head a little bit, you know, like as if she felt it. And you could tell that Mayor's power was not really doing anything to Baumgartner. You know, she was trying to more so box with this jab and straight, not looking like she got any power. You know, it wasn't affecting Baumgartner in any way. Um, I was impressed by Baumgartner being so small, having so much heart, and actually going in there and doing what she said she was going to do and winning this fight. Not knocking her out, but in winning this fight and landing some power punch. She believed in herself. Nobody believed in Baumgartner. Matter of fact, most boxing uh, analysts, most YouTube uh, boxing critics, Thought that Mayer was going to win. When I said that Bomb Gardner was going to win, like several months ago, when the fight was first announced, people said, I, I don't know too much about boxing. Whatever. It doesn't make sense. Now, now, now we see what it is, and it is what it is. Mayer's skilled, but Bomb Gardner it seems to be a better fighter. Should there be a rematch? My thought is that fight was way too boring for there to be a rematch, but I think that there has to be a rematch in order for there to be like a definitive. I'm the better fighter, you know, although I think Baumgartner got that, but Mayer was kind of crying and complaining a little too much. So a couple of things. First, let me go to the uh, Jesus M. Salute Jesus. Uh, he says Mayer versus Baumgartner could have been a draw. I agree. It could have 100%. been. 100%. I just don't think that it was a robbery for a close fight to go uh, to Baumgartner when Mayer gave up the beginning of the fight. You could have easily scored the first three rounds for Lisa Baumgartner. And what I'm also going to say about this is, too, in these short rounds and in championship fights that only go 10 rounds, because don't forget, the women don't go three 12-minute rounds. They go two 10-minute. They go two-minute rounds for 10 rounds, right, uh, rather than 12 three-minute rounds. You got to get to work fast. And she didn't get to work fast enough. Um, Jesus also says... Uh, Baumgartner can't be saying no rematch. Ladies can't be trying to be like the men not making fights. I will disagree with that, and I'll tell you why I disagree with that. Uh, she wants to be undisputed. So there is another belt out there held by Choi. If you hold three belts, yeah, you're going to want to go for the fourth belt and not go for a rematch. She wants to get that fourth belt. She wants to be undisputed. I can't blame her for that. Would I want to see a rematch? Yes, but at the same time, Mayer could have made a stronger case for a rematch by really, really turning up for that 10th and final round. And it looked like her and her corner felt that they had it in the bag and they didn't really need to fight a fight for that for that 10th round um, like a lot of us thought that they had to. Uh, Deluxe Recordings also says that fight should have been a draw, if anything. It could have been a draw easily. Uh, he's also saying, Deluxe, that he would have given it to Mayer, though. That's fair. It's a close fight with swing rounds, and you could go six rounds to four in either direction or five rounds to five as a draw. I'm not complaining about that. I just don't think that a close fight going to Baumgartner is any kind of robbery at all. And it's funny because I feel like Savannah Marshall, who we're going to talk about next, in the main event, fought much better than Michaela Mayer did in the co-main event. And she took the loss with with grace and dignity and humble uh, humility. Uh, and, you know, she actually fought way better than I thought Michaela Mayer did. So let's talk about that one now, Kenny. Let's talk about the quote Clarissa Shields and Michaela Mayer. They sold out the O2. 
uh, nearly 20,000 fans in the O2 arena. Uh, the ring walks were really good. I like both of their ring walks. Clarissa Shields' ring walk was actually something special. I enjoyed it. That was so dope. I really thought it was super cool. And she's like, yes, absolutely. Okay, okay, Shields, shit. (laughs) What I I felt about it too, Kenny, is this. Uh, This case, this fight presented a very strong case for women fighting three-minute rounds and fighting 12 rounds in championship fights. And I'll tell you why. Clarissa Shields uh, won the fight on volume punching, all right? The rounds that Savannah Marshall won, I felt she won by imposing herself physically and landing powerful shots. Savannah Marshall's style would be way more suited for three-minute rounds and would be way more suited for 12-round championship fights because in the two-round system, you want to get off as many punches as you can and win a round on volume. Uh, You're much less likely to win win rounds in the female game with the two-minute rounds with the kind of style that Savannah Marshall has, a powerful style, a physical style, a slower style. Um... Having said that, it was a great fight. Uh, I have no problems with with uh, Clarissa Shield getting the nod. Again, it could have also been scored a draw. Again, um, I, I, I could I could have I could have seen it I could have seen it a draw. But if I was gonna pick 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 a, a woman a, a woman to win the fight, it would have been Clarissa Shields. Having said that, I'm gonna go back to what I said. Circling back, great case as to why we should see three minute rounds and 12 round championship fights in, in women's boxing. Kenny, go for it. Um, look, man, I, I like, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Clarissa Shields, I thought was the clear cut winner. I thought she was the better fighter. I thought she landed not the single punch with the most power, but she landed more punches with significant power than, than um, I'm terrible with names, Savannah Marshall. You know, Savannah Marshall, she landed a few very powerful shots. Uh, Clarissa Shields, I feel like she was landing almost on demand up until Marshall started imposing her will and using her body and size and power and pushing back. And, you know, Uh, I feel that uh, Marshall started a little too slow as well. I feel that by the time that Marshall started pushing her back against the ropes and putting the weight on her and, you know, throwing more volume punches and really hitting her with the power, Clarissa Shields already had a few rounds in the bag. You know, um, I, uh, un, uh, like, uh, unlike Maestro, I, I I think that Clarissa Shields clearly and decisively won this fight. I don't think it was close. I don't think it could have been a draw. I, like, and I give huge props to Savannah Marshall on how she fought that fight and on how she turned up the heat, right? Like, I'm watching the fight and I'm talking doo-doo on Twitter. I'm like, damn, Savannah Marshall, you making us tall people look terrible, you know? But then she t- she turned up to Annie. She, that's when she started putting the weight on her and pushing her against the ropes and yeah. trying to get more shots in. I was super impressed. I really hope really really hope that she does not retire Same. i love i love the sportsmanship between the, the, the those two ladies clarissa shields and savannah marshall 
I love the post fight press conference and everything that Clarissa Shield Shield said uh, about you know the truth. I don't have no dislike towards her. This is just selling the fight. This is this is just smoke and mirrors. This is getting herself amped and hype. Like I have nothing against her. We actually have a lot of dissimilar background. A lot of the similar fighters we fought. She's been in a lot of the competitions and fought for a lot of things that I have fought. We're very very similar. We just need to find out who's greater, and we was gonna do the trash talk thing. I love the way they handled that. I hate, despise the way that uh, uh, Baumgartner and and, and uh, Mayer was handled and all that emotion. And oh, you're not the winner. I was right, bro. Just give the props. Come on, do the Cambosis. Give the props. We could do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Whatever you want to do, but don't hate on the winner, bro. Savannah Marshall said it herself, and I'm going to agree with Savannah Marshall's words. Clarissa Shields is the quote. Yeah. She's the greatest woman of all time. I just saw it with my own two eyes. Let's not forget that Savannah Marshall has a much, much, much uh, uh, bigger frame than her, is physically uh, uh, bigger, is the stronger puncher, which Clarissa Shields gave her credit for. And I also want to give Clarissa Shields credit for something, too. She went out to the UK, the United Kingdom, to demand the fight. She went out there to promote the fight, and she went out there to fight, okay? Um, now, people say, oh, well, you know, my answer, she had to do that. She has no fan base. Well, yeah. she just sold out the O2. Definitely has a fan base. Just sold out the O2. She showed that she's a legitimate star in the sport of boxing with charisma, Okay, with an engaging style, with grit, with tenacity, everything from the ring walk to the end of the fight was exactly what we want to see out of our fighters. And and, uh, salute to Clarissa Shields uh, for doing what she did, because, again, she deserves all the credit in the world. I, uh, I really appreciate uh, the effort she put in and, and also Marshall, because they did their thing there in the ring. And it was a much better fight than the co-feature, even though leading up to to the weekend, it seemed like the co-feature was starting to get a lot of buzz. Uh, I'm agree with Tim Bradley, too. The, 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 the main event fighters did what the co-feature everybody thought they were going to do with the co, uh, co-feature. Um, and, and great, great comment here by Sly Tendency, who's not only a sub, hit the subscribe button. He's not only a member. Consider membership, all right? Uh, hit that notification bell. But he says it. Look, and Shields does MMA too. Who else is doing it like her? Keith Sweat said it best. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. And who can love you like me? Nobody. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. And uh, the, the, ring, the ring intro into the dance was also A1, as La Familia is pointing out. All right, uh, Kenny, true, I'm with the trash talk, just not the hate. Uh, it was a great, great uh, card out there, great weekend of boxing, and we're going to go to the last major fight I want to discuss here from the weekend, Kenny. But you, 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 You're itching to say something else, so go for it. Yeah, yeah, I just got one final comment to close this out, and it's that I don't really like uh, what the promoters of this fight did at the end of this fight, talking about that this is the fight. This was the fight card. This fight was the one that put women's boxing, ladies boxing on the map. Bro, I feel like 
I feel like you're throwing a little bit of salt and pepper on on the huge fight that happened earlier this year with um forgot their names too on on most valuable promotions Taylor and and Savannah Marshall I mean Serrano Serrano yeah like this has been a huge year for for ladies boxing you can't only credit Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall for the huge leap forward that ladies boxing has taken this year it's been quite a few ladies putting in that work from Franchon Cruz to Shields to Marshall to Baumgartner to uh Mayer um and it, it keeps on going Hammer you know what I'm saying like there's so many girls or ladies in boxing these days that are just so much better than the skill or skill level that used to be the top at, in ladies boxing if you understand what I'm saying it's gotten so much better so you I feel like you got to credit all of them not just Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall because these ladies are really turning up the heat and really selling the fights now and really fighting hard and looking super skilled. You know what I mean? Yeah, the only, again, the only thing I want to see is three-minute rounds, 12-round championship fights. And also, if I'm Savannah Marshall, I'm going up to fight Franchon Cruz for the undisputed championship of the world at 168 pounds. That's what I'm doing. Franchon Cruz is there. Uh, Clarissa Shields beat Franchon Cruz very early in her career. Um, and why not do that fight next? Why not fight for Undisputed in your next fight? You deserve it. There's no bigger name out there for Franchon Cruz than Savannah Marshall. And I think that would be a really good fight. Uh, and it would probably be more competitive, and I'll tell you why. Franchon Cruz does not have the boxing ability or the speed or the quickness of Clarissa Shields. She just doesn't. Um, and I usually agree with my bro, Cannabis. Uh, but I don't agree with this. I don't think Alicia stole the show at all. I don't think she stole the whole show. I thought that Savannah Marshall and and Clarissa Shields uh, were the A-side uh, blockbuster people in the, on this card. And they, and they, they a- a- actually ended up showing that with their, with their fighting. You know, they were the headliners. They were the main event. The showstopper. The headliner. The main event. That was them. That was them. Uh, anything else, Kenny, on this before we go to Wilder and Hellenius? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good to move right, forward, bro. Let's go right to the Barclays. Unfortunately, Kenny and I did not make it down to BK, Brooklyn, New York, but we got to see it, the fight card uh, in, in our own, uh, you know, areas in New York. Um, I'll be honest with you. Caleb Plant scored the knockout of the night, in my opinion. Um, that 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 knockout of 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 um of uh the dog Darrell was something special. The Rodriguez win over Gary Antoine Russell, I don't think should be controversial at all. He was dominating the fight and then he sustained a bad headbutt. Uh why fight with a disadvantage when you're clearly gonna win? I would have stopped that fight too if I was him or in his corner. Um so before before we get to the main event, any comments on Darrell and Plant or on uh, Antoine Russell and uh, and Rodriguez, Kenny? I didn't get to see uh, too much of the of the Russell fight. I did see him get knocked down at one point. I didn't get to see too much of it, so I can't really talk on that one. There was just too much fights going on at the same time. But you gotta give props 
to Caleb Plant, the man with the soft hands that people be talking about. They said those hands are sweet. Sweet hands. They said those hands are sweet. They, they, they soft, in other words, you know. But nah, man, he came in and he showed that he got power. He fought. I told, I, I said it. Anthony, Anthony Durrell is no dog. That's the pup. That's the washed up dog. That's the Anthony Durrell is, is, is the the dog that they're taking to, to, to the to the vet to put to sleep. He's not the, the newborn pup uh, or, or like adolescent dog that's fierce, savage, with, that wants to fight. That pup is done for. Uh, he's too old. He never really gets in shape. It seems like he always does a fat camp. He has no gas tank, and he got just got knocked out by sweet hand plants. Not only that, it was a perfectly landed time shot. And not only that, that celebration, though, that celebration, though. And it's funny because I didn't like it. I, I did. I did. I thought it was great because all the trash talk that Caleb Plant hears on the regular, that man gets no respect. You know what I'm saying? So getting no respect coming and knocking the guy out after people say you don't have power and all this other stuff, bro, I'm going to talk my shit too. No, no, no. I'll tell you why I disagree. Put Go him in the dirt. Going into this fight, I don't, I don't, I don't know anybody that picked the dog Durrell to win, including you. So I don't know what respect Caleb Plant wasn't getting. He was the favorite going into this fight, and nobody picked the dog Durrell to win. So he was getting respect going into this fight. Also, also, I, I don't think Marco Durrell was getting disrespect. I don't remember Canelo doing that to him when Canelo bodied him. I don't remember Canelo walking around the way, the ring. Uh, doing doing the grave digger shovel stuff. I remember. It's, it's I remember different. Canelo, you know what that means? I remember him and Canelo deading it after the fight and showing each other mutual respect. That's what I remember. Do you know? Do you know what that means? That little shovel dance. Go for put it. Him, put them in the dirt. Yeah. Rest them re, in peace. Exactly. Goodbye. And, and you know what? You know what though? You That's, know what though? It was classless. You, you want no? I uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. You want to? You want? You want to know why it wasn't classless? Because that's exactly what he did to the dog Durrell. Dog, there's no coming back to to boxing for Durrell. He's done. And you know why? Because Caleb Plant put him in the fucking dirt. Caleb Plant. Right. He did. He did knock him out. But let let the people. You say- got knocked out by Caleb Plant. There's no coming back from that, bro. <laughs> let the people say. There's let- no coming back from that, bro. It's a wrap. Good goodbye, Durrell the pup. You you done. Okay, well let's let's have let's have that same energy for 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 uh, David Morrell Jr. who's going to fight uh, n- uh, next month, and I'm actually going to try to go out to that fight in Minnesota actually because I would like to see a David Morrell Jr. fight. Let's have that same energy for David Morrell Jr. Let's have of that course. same energy for David Benavides. Let's have, let's have it. Of course, okay. I always do. I keep it consistent. It's, it's I don't hate on nobody. It's one thing to have it for the for for for. Uh, for the dog Durrell, a 38-year-old, and I'm going to put up the quote. I'm not going to read it. This is what I was hearing about the dog Durrell before the fight, uh, a fight you were favored to win, a fight where people were saying the dog Durrell was too old and had no chance. So let, let's keep the same energy for the young dude in, in the peace. I and, do. I, I'm not hating on nobody. I don't hate on Benavides. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Caleb. Like, Let's make the fight happen. Oh, I agree. Stop running. I agree. Let's make the fight happen because why were you fighting the dog, Darrell? Why weren't you fighting David David Morrell Jr.? Why weren't you fighting David Benavidez right now? 
If, if anything, the easiest pickings for him is Charlo. Charlo not in his weight class. One six, yo, you're right. So, so there were two guys with the PBC that were looking for fights: David Morrell Jr. Okay, and David Benavides. And you fought the dog Durrell. Great, you fought him. I get it. But all of this extra celebration at the end, again, you took on the dog. You didn't take on David Morrell Jr. or David Benavides. So I'm sorry. This is over the top. And I agree with George H. Not just because he's a member, not just because he's a sub, not just because I know he's hitting that like button like everybody else is going to do right now. Hit that like button. All right, because it was a classless celebration. That's what it was. It was classless. Mm-hmm. It was classless. It 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 it, it, the, it it meant exactly what he was doing, bro. He was it wasn't classless. He wasn't over exaggerating. I get it that the dog Darrell is way past his prime, and he should have been fighting Benavides, or he should have been fighting um, the other David, <laughs> but morell that is but no i i don't i i i don't think it was classless bro he 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 did exactly what he was doing he put he put he he put the dog the in the dirt yeah it wasn't the most impressive feat because there's way better fights for him out there but yo he did exactly what he was doing he put the rail in the dirt and and for and for the rail talking so much smoke and smack i if i was if i was playing doesn't matter that I should have been fighting a ton of other people. It doesn't matter for me. You was talking smack and I knocked you out. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a celebrate in your face. I'm a, I'm going to be all in your face doing all that stupid shit because you deserved it. You how, how like between Kayla plant and Darrell, that is actual real beef. It's not fake beef. Like Michaela and bomb gardener, like shields and Marshall. Did he say this? I didn't see him say that. Did, Saying did he'll never lose to a white boy was class. I think he did say that actually. I remember, Hop- I remember Hopkins said that before the Calzaghi fight. I-, I didn't hear that quote. If he did say that, that's that's uncalled for. One hundred percent, that's uncalled for. I-, I just know that it was real beef, and and they really didn't like each other, and they was we're talking real smoke and nonsense. So if that's the case, yo yo, if you talking smoke against me. I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to stand over your body. I'm going to do like if it was Fortnite. I'm going to start teabagging. What, the the Teofimo dances after his knockouts? You know, like, yo, at the end of the day, you was talking. Were you okay with Vito Belfort celebrating after he knocked out uh, Evander Holyfield, too? (laughs) (laughs) How far do we take this? He he was acting like it was Brazil just winning the fucking World Cup. I'd be I'd be hyped too. Celebrating all over the place after knocking out a fifty-something-year-old Evander Holyfield. I'd be hyped too. Nonetheless, I mean, he does celebrate a little too much. But then, but at the end of the day, you gotta think about it. Belfort is a nobody. Holyfield is like a ex-heavyweight champion that the world knows. You know what I'm saying? If you think about it like this, mm. young Kenny fighting old Mike Tyson. I don't care that I'm young Kenny. He's old Mike Tyson. I'm a nobody, and that's Mike Tyson. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I want I want all the props. I'm going to talk all the trash. I, yo, I fucked up Mike Tyson. Yo, I'm the fucking man. I just got the biggest paycheck of my motherfucking life. You know, like, I'm going to be hyped. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Uh, let's get into the final one of today's episode. Okay. We've got to talk about it. It was the main event. It was Deontay the Bronze Bomber Wilder. Okay. Uh, taking on a guy that nobody predicted would win this fight again in Robert Hellenius. Uh, I didn't think he'd go down pretty much as fast as Dominique Brazil did. Um, 
But I'll tell you what, the shot that dropped Dominic Brazil had a lot of oomph. You know, it had a lot, it had a lot behind it, Kenny. Now, Joe Habib went live today. He he firmly believes that this was a fixed fight. Uh when I saw the fight and when I saw the replay of the knockout, I'm going to be honest with you. It didn't look like there was a lot behind it. It really didn't. Now, I want to go over this, Kenny. I want We're going to go over it in slow-mo, frame by frame. Uh, I'm willing to be wrong on this. If I'm wrong on things, I don't, I don't you know, continue to beat, beat a horse. Uh, but it didn't look like there was a lot of behind this particular shot. All right, but, you know, we'll, we'll go through it frame by frame. And uh, you you let me know what you think here, Kenny. Here we go. Let, let me uh, let me actually, we're going to re- refresh this and we're going to go with it again. All right, here we go. And Kenny, you see, here's the, here's the knockout. All right, that's the punch. That's where the punch begins right there. Wilder's fully squared up. Okay, that's where the punch begins. And then he hits him there with what to me looks like an arm punch. Let's go back a little bit, though, because I want to throw it from where it is. So his back is against the rope. You can see him kind of leaning backwards a little bit. His right hand is going to come over Helenius's jab. It looks like a squared up arm punch. He does make contact. There's no doubt about that. Right on the nose. And then on the nose. And then Hellenius hits the floor. Uh, just give me your thoughts on that, on that shot, Kenny. <laughs> That's what my thoughts on the shot. That's what we're here for. We're here to give our thoughts. <laughs> Let me guess, big big Frank over there, your your house cat. Did he catch your tongue or what's going on? <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, what happened? Nah, it's just, ah, uh, man, it's like <clears throat> I I think it was. It looks like a legit knockout. As yeah, you know, he didn't get the full power behind it, but he's a six foot seven man. Mm. Like, there's a lot of power, even without necessarily trying to throw power. Like, there's a lot of power there. It didn't look terrible either. It didn't look like the fixed fight that he had with his now current coach way back in the day. Excuse me, current trainer way back in the day. It didn't look like that. That punch didn't even land. That punch was like, you could see, like, a clear space between that punch. This punch versus Elanius. It landed right on the button. You know what I'm saying? It would have made it look better if it landed right on the chin because the chin is more susceptible for a KO than the nose. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I don't know what type of chin Hellenius had. Kaunaki is not necessarily a dude that has a lot of power. And up to date, that's Hellenius's biggest fight. So that's the biggest name on Hellenius's resume. So we don't know what type of chin Hellenius got. We know he's gotten hit, but we don't, like, he hasn't gotten hit with anything significant by no big, big man. And he got hit by something decent by a big man. And he went down. We don't know what type of thing he had. You said significant. And then you said decent, which was it? No, I said that he, um, 
I said that he had never been hit with no significant power. And then I said in this fight, he was hit with decent power. I, I'm not flip-flopping. I'm not saying. I just want I just want everybody to be clear. That's all. So, again, here it is. I mean, to me, it does look like an arm punch. I mean, maybe Wilder's power is that scary. Maybe he can just throw an arm punch without much behind it. I mean, his legs are pretty skinny at the end of the day, and he still generates massive knockout power. But, I mean, this clearly does look like an arm punch. Uh, it doesn't look like he's got everything behind it. Here it is. You know, it's coming right from there. It's going to go over the top. It's not a straight punch. Not at all. It, you know, it, it, he hits him right on the nose, as you said. And, you know, he goes he goes down. So maybe it was the shock of him not expecting the punch because, yeah, the punch landed in a good spot. But, uh, you know, it's hard to say that. That's like Deontay Wilder bomb squad power that we see him knock people out with, you know. Yeah, and it like, was the first it was the first round. Yeah, like the Dominic Brazil KO. I mean, that that was boom, full force, full leverage. Same with the shots that dropped Tyson Fury. A big up to T Sizzle. I appreciate the super chat, my man. Um, and the membership. Wilder hit Elanius with the tank versus Roly KO. So I can see how some think it was rigged. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's hard to say that it was rigged, yo. That he caught the guy by surprise. Those surprise shots when you're not expecting them, especially when you're throwing, are the ones that put people out when you're not expecting you don't see it coming. All right. So then the next thing I wanted to talk about, uh, actually, let's get to this afterwards, because first I want to talk about where these guys go from here. Um, Elanius, I don't think... He's going to be relevant at the upper tier echelon of the heavyweight division after this. Uh, he would have been had he gone 12 rounds or had it been a back and forth slugfest that ended in a Wilder KO. But, I mean, this didn't even go around. Um, I, I don't think anybody's going to be lining up to see Robert Hellenius fight again anytime soon. Definitely not at the top level. Um, honestly, I think that at this point, even if like a Daniel Dubois uh, tried to uh, fight a guy like this, he'd probably get a lot of shit for it. Uh, where does Wilder go? Well, apparently they're talking about Andy Ruiz Jr. There were back and forth talks about uh, Usyk and Usyk showing up to Barclays and him being a potential opponent. I, I don't really think that's going to happen. And Usyk didn't show up in New York City for this fight. The fight I would like to see in Maestro's world would be the juggernaut against Deontay the Bronze Bomber Wilder. The juggernaut, this guy right here. <laughs> okay, that would, that's what I want to see next for Deontay Wilder. I want to see the ju- 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 juggernaut. Okay? Because uh, I know what I know for one thing. Uh, the juggernaut, he ain't going down like this. Juggernaut ain't going down like this. Maybe would the juggernaut go down like this? I don't know. What What do you think, Kenny? Juggernaut going down like this? Nah, I think juggernaut go more down like Brazil, not like that. Juggernaut, juggernaut not going down like that. If, if, if Deontay Wilder hits juggernaut like that, he may just come back with the hand like, damn, that steel helmet hurt. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh. So future for Hellenius, I don't know. Really, honestly. Uh, 
I, I really don't know. Uh, may, maybe they, maybe he could be an opponent for like a big baby Anderson or somebody like that, just as a litmus test kind of a. He's become he will become a gatekeeper slash litmus test type of opponent. No disrespect to him, but that's what I think he will become. I want to see the juggernaut against Wilder next. That's what I want to see next. One hundred percent. I think that that's a great fight. I, you know the way that I see is like. It's like we have a path. We're starting to see a path in the heavyweight division of like a, a, a map, a blueprint that you should follow if you want to become a contender or or, or um, a championship. Uh, excuse me, a fighter with a with a title shot. Right? It's simple. You 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 would of course fight your you know your little doodle fighters as you're coming up, and then right you could hit you can hit like Hunter right, then Kaunaki. Then Hellenius, you could go Brazil, right? That's four good names that for a heavyweight fighter that you go, those are four good, four good names on your resume. And then after that, you could start um, looking towards the likes of like the top five five dogs and shit. You know what I mean? Ortiz, Anthony Joshua, um, Wilder, Fury, Usyk, etc. I feel like we have a, we have a roadmap of what you got to do to be great in the heavyweight division. That's pretty dope, I think. At least, uh, Hellenius. What happens with him? Yeah, gatekeeper status. Like Hellenius is literally slightly, slightly above Kalnaki, and I feel like it's interchangeable. You beat either one. It's like okay, sure, I beat the other guy too. It doesn't matter. At this point, I I put him up there with like a Lucas Brown. Damn. Honestly, I mean, damn, you just, I mean, he just went down from an arm punch. What do you want me to say? At least, at least, (laughs) at least, uh, when, when, uh, Dillian White knocked out, knocked out Lucas Brown, it was like a full, full blown power shot. I mean, this was literally this boom. He's out of there. I mean, look, I'd rather, I'd rather get knocked out by, by, by a halfway Deontay punch. Then a slappy, slappy, then a sloppy, fat, sweaty from the top, whatever kind of punch. I re- Look, I'd rather say I got knocked out by, De- by Deontay than say I got knocked out by Dillian White. And then, and then Brown came back with that, that, uh, that knockout of Lucas Fa- uh sorry, not Lucas Far, Junior Far. right? So at least he's come. I mean, I, I'm putting him in the same category right now, honestly. Uh, no, no disrespect. Chad, let me know. Chad, let me know two things. One, who should he who should Wilder fight next? And two, am I way off base with the Lucas Brown status right now for, for Hellenius? Let me know. Uh, Sly tendencies, big up Sly. For, thank you for the super chat. He says, How do people complain about Fury fighting Chisora, but Wilder gets all the credit for beating a guy who's isn't world level at all? Come on now. I got an answer for that question. question. Yeah. It's, look, Deontay Wilder's coming back from three losses in a row. I mean, two, arguably three losses in a row. Deontay Wilder took a year off of the sport, or I don't know if it was a year or more or less, but he took some time off of the sport. And, you know, he's coming back. You got you to gotta hit those, uh, those uh, warm-up fights, those uh, – I want to test my new skill on a not top level opponent type of fight. So I think that it's respectable. Tyson Fury is coming off of arguably three devastating wins against Wilder. 
one of the top names in the heavyweight division. Chisora is a fighter that's gotten washed up by everybody. Hellenius, up to this point, I think had zero losses. It's uncomparable. It's unforgivable. Stop playing. Just Tyson Fury, I love him as a fighter. His trash talk sometimes annoys me. You're a fool. You're a clown for ch- fighting Derek Chisora at this level in your career. So who? let me ask you this. Who should Fury be fighting right now? I'd rather see him fight... Uh, I'd rather see him fight Ortiz. I'd rather see him fight uh, Ruiz. I'd rather see him fight a million other people. And what if those fights can't be made? Bro, there's, there's, let me go look at the heavyweight division on boxing scene. I'm about to give you a shitload of names right quick. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Go look at them. (laughs) (laughs) Problem with these names most of the time is that one, ninjas gotta be available. Okay. Uh, meaning they don't have fights scheduled or they didn't just come off fights. And two, all right, two, uh, ninjas also have to not have promotional uh, issues that make it difficult to, quote, unquote, cross the street. I mean, look how long we're waiting for a Bud Crawford and, and, and Errol Spence Jr., right? Um, it's an unfortunate reality in the sport that, Fighters don't often cross promotional lines unless they really have to. I personally don't see any reason why Andy Ruiz shouldn't want to take on Fury. I mean, he is fighting in eliminators for the WBC title. Uh, Why not just leapfrog all of that stuff and take on the guy uh, in your very next fight? Um, Why not? So Andy Ruiz even actually tweeted about it, saying that he wants that fight. So, you know, uh, Andy Ruiz is definitely one. Uh, Sly is right about AJ pulling out of negotiations. He's, his team backed all the way out of negotiations. They get the buzzer on that one. They, it all, they also sounded like they were doing this. Straight out of the negotiation room. Straight out of it. Let's go to another super chat. Uh, KO Boxing Vibe, thank you for the two pound sterling, my brother or my sister. Uh, Fury should fight Michael Hunter. That, that's an interesting name. All right. Uh, BZ World says the juggernaut has the same promoter. That's a good fight. The juggernaut against Fury. That Would you complain about that one, Kenny? No. I, that's a good I, I, one, right? That that definitely be a good one. Hit the bell on that. That's a good fight right there. The Juggernaut versus Fury, and they have the same same um, same promoter. I take Fury versus Ergovich over Fury versus um, Delboy. What about take, Fury versus Zilai Zhang? Uh, don't know who that is. A guy that just fought Ergovich and lost in a controversy. Oh, hell no, no. Uh, uh, um. He's too slow. He's not a bad fighter. I just feel that it's it's a matchup thing. I feel like Tyson Fury would just walk circle, not walk, but you know, pump circles, throwing a jab around the man the entire fight. And I feel like Zali Zhang wouldn't even be able to get anything off or land anything significant because uh, Fury moves very very well around the ring. But um, there are other opponents that I think are all better than Del Boy and would mean more to his record and his career than Del Boy. Even, oh, Frank, even Frank Sanchez. 
You know, even Otto Waleen, who actually That's beat him a, up the first time. The rematch. He didn't beat yeah. him up. He cut him. Waleen beat him up, bro. Waleen beat him up. He cut him. He beat him up. Stop it. Stop it. All right, here we go. Uh, Nando, you can respond to this one, Kenny. Nando came with the super chat. Appreciate you, my comrade. He says, Chizora, an okay stay busy fight. But Fury tainted that fight by mentioning AJ was legitimately in the mix. Tyson played himself. Uh, honestly, I said it before, like Team AJ. I mean, they backed, they backed all the way out of that fight. They get the Team AJ. With all of the commercial deals and whatever that are preventing the fight taking place. Pretty much what Team AJ said is, unless we're the A-side, no fight can ever take place. Because we need to control everything. We need to control the sponsorships. We need to control the commercial, uh, whatever, whatever the term was. <laughs> so basically, AJ can only be an A-side fighter. If he's not an A-side fighter, he's never he's never fighting again. Well, guess what? He's not going to be an A-side fighter until he until he wins the championship again. So he's going to have to accept the B-side a circumstance if he ever wants to get a, a, a title shot. Because he, because I'll tell you this, Wilder's not going to be a B-side to AJ if Wilder has a title. Fury ain't going to be a, a B-side. Usyk ain't going to be a B-side if they do it again. So they got to get right with all of this, with all of this stuff. JMC Assad, thank you so much. By the way, JMC Assad, man, this dude has one of the best boxing channels out there. Uh, it's a lot of it is in uh, is in t- Tagalog, but you can make out most of it. Check out my man JMC Assad's channel. Make sure you hit the subscribe ch- uh, button for him. He bring all the best news about the Filipino fighters and also discusses the game in general from an international perspective. JMC Assad, big it up to him. So happy to see you here, my brother. And we got to get you on Mano a Mano at some time, hopefully. Uh, I've gone on his channel a couple times. Great, great channel. Great, great guy. JMC Asad, salute to you. Um, yeah, I agree. Slot tendency, know what time it is. Waleen cut Fury. He still lost nine rounds. That's that- why I was laughing. That's why I was laughing. <laughs> Come on, man. All of these, all of these people that, that keep going on about that was a tough fight for Fury. He was losing. It was. Stop. Stop. It's, it's probably it's it's probably one of the toughest fights besides Wilder that he's had up to date. Like because think about it. Because of the cut, not because he was getting beat up. Bro, Waleen was continuously landing that left, and Waleen was pushing him against the rope. There was points where where Fury just looked like a punching bag against the ropes, like. While was putting in work, I'm not saying Waleen won the fight or it was a robbery or nothing like okay, that. Good, good, because I don't want you looking like this. Having dude. better hands guided by better values on those pulleys and levers of American government. So, can I look to you to spread that sense of hope to those that you know? Yes. Come on. <laughs> With the cloud lab. All right, because you definitely know Mayo Pete. All right, you are mano a mano. This is Kenny T real talk, and we 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 always keep it real on this side. So right. uh, I gotta ask you to keep it real on this one. All right, um, oh, Waleen versus Joyce. That's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. I like that. That's that's uh, that's a that's that's a that's a good one. And yes, thank you, Slide Tendencies, for following JM and uh, JM. We'll we'll connect 
Uh, so to make to make things happen, we're gonna make that Bronx, New York to uh, to the Philippines connection. Like I said, my man JM, one of the best doing it on YouTube. Uh, listen, I would be remiss if I didn't discuss this, Kenny. Okay, we're gonna play two videos, and then I want a little bit of a Kenny reacts. Okay, so we're gonna play two videos right now. I'm gonna have Kenny react to it as I usually do. All right, uh, just give me a moment while I set this up because, you know, we got to do the Kenny Reacts the right way. We got to make sure everything is ready to go for my man K.O. Kenny because my man K.O. Kenny, he, he, he does it big when it comes to the reactions of things. We're going to go all the way back, Kenny, all the way back, kind of like Blackstreet, all right? Uh, and we're going to talk about an interview that took place uh, that was conducted uh, by Radio Raheem a couple years ago. And by the way, Deontay said what he says here in this interview uh, in other forums as well, including in press conferences. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I am going to go through this one. It's Radio Raheem. It's Deontay Wilder. It's Kenny Reacts. Here we go. We're going to go through this one, and then we're going to go to last night's post-fight press conference. BC heavyweight champion in the world, Deontay Wilder. This was an intense press conference, man, a little bit more than expected. The big moment, though, was when uh, he looked over at you and said, do you fear for my life? And you said that you do, and he said he didn't fear for yours. Is this fight really on that level? I mean, this people- is the level of this fight. This is the funeral right here. It's just no casket yet. This fight right here, I will get a body on my record. I've been wanting one for a long time now anyway. And what better opponent to do it with? So much pain, so much frustration, so much things that have been going on in my career. I'm glad he don't talk like that. I want a body, and he going to be the body. That's going to shrub a lot of people the wrong way, man. Are you sure we're talking about lethal, (laughs) like a death certificate in the ring? We get paid for this. This is what we do. We get paid for this. We sign up for this. So whatever happened in the ring happens. He say he's going to kill me, and I say I'm going to kill him. So may the best man win on the killing. And I guarantee you it's going to be me. We done heard him before. We done heard what he promised to the people. All right. So that's the first word, Kenny. All right. Bro, want, he, he's, want, he's wild. I want, you to say, I want you to save the reactions, though, because we're going to go to last night after the fight. Because I want you hearing uh, what Deontay was saying last night after the fight. And... Then we're going to, I want you to give your opinion. Here we go. Um, here we go. It's this one over here. Cue it up right for my man, KT. This man will never know what it feel like to be somebody's father. And that's some of the precious thing in the world to be somebody's father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he'll never be nobody's father, man. This man will never have a natural childhood feeling to living again because of he got in the ring to support his family. But now his family got to He's talking about Pritchard Cologne here. Take care of him for the rest of his life. He might, he probably would have been, he probably would have bread when they helped his family. And now they looking seeking for help and shit like that. I can say so much about it. That's why you can't play this. This is serious. Bro, stop massaging his shoulders. We don't know if Robert's going to be the same after this. Mm-hmm. I just There you go. So, I mean, on the one hand, you want a body on your record. You want to kill a man. You've been waiting years to get a body on your record. Uh, but then now, 
you're concerned about fighters that experience tragedy in the ring and can't have children, or you're concerned about what you did to Robert Elanius. What are your thoughts on seeing this, KT? I think it shows an extreme amount of growth. Uh, you know, I think he was 100% full of himself uh, before he took those losses to Fury. I think he was all about the media gimmicky shit. He was all about trying to grow a bigger fan base and get the media attention and trying to do flashy knockouts and stuff like that. I think it shows extreme growth. Um, maybe that ayahuasca did give him some type of mental relaxation, mental growth, some type of something. Cause going from a man that's talking about catching a body to a man who's like sensitive about stuff like that. And, just speaking different. If you hear Deontay Wilder on the mic now, he's a different man than Deontay Wilder was before. It's like he's a, a reformed man that has a vision, has goals, is trying to go in there, do what he has to do, and get out and not talk his reckless trash, you know, catching bodies until this days and all that other stuff he'd be doing. I don't think he'll be coming out on much crazy, crazy or slash stupid looking viral videos like, you know, what he be doing, what he's known for, trying to catch a body. I think I think it shows growth. I love to see him going in that direction. Yes, his ego has taken a back seat. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Because his ego has taken a back seat, because he's no longer feeling no hype and talking all that shit, is that he's able to take the trash out of his head and it put in his head what really matters, his boxing training, his skills, his ability, trying to use both hands, trying to use his footwork. It's called growth and majority. It's 100% growth. He's he's grown mentally. He's grown physically. His skills have grown. It's impressive. I don't think that that's anything to hate on, but I do think it's hilarious as hell the way that his voice is cracking. Let me tell you, dudes or girls, anybody, you're talking on the mic. You feel like you're going to cry. Take your second cry. Breathe for a moment. Don't speak while you're crying because you sound crazy and it's hilarious to people like me. <laughs> so, uh... Why don't you read out Sly Tendency's comment, Kenny? Normally, I would agree with Kenny here, but the man is still saying he wants to kill Fury. He's still saying Fury cheated. He even wore the same gloves. Look, that is not exactly um, the same trash talk. That is not exactly like, oh, I'm going to catch a body. I've been wanting to catch a body. I'm looking to catch a body. You know, like, I feel that saying shit like that, I want to catch a body. I need to catch a body. I need a body on my record. I feel like saying shit like that, it's like, it's immature. Who the hell wants to catch a body? You know what I'm saying? Like, catching a body ain't cool. It's immature. It's a terrible message to give out to the public. It's a terrible message to give out to kids, boxing fans. It's just a terrible message. That's all. That's all. I'm not I'm not with the catching body talk. Um, I didn't hear the Fury stuff. He's still emotional about Fury. Fury got his heart. Right, right, right in the palm of his hands. It is what it is. And I hope he doesn't come back with the catch a body talk because I, I love the growth that I'm seeing. It allows him to grow in the boxing ring as a boxer, as a fighter. Yeah. What I will also say that whole video showed to me, the second video, is that, yeah, he's introspective. He's uh, more conscious about what he's saying to the public and being kind of a role model. I think that statue in his hometown was a game changer for him. And whether he's willing to admit it or not, I think that he was humbled to a certain extent by Tyson Fury um, in those three fights. Uh, 
the main mark of growth for me is going to be when he decides to apologize to Mark Breland. I feel like this past weekend in Brooklyn would have been perfect because Mark Breland is from Brooklyn. His family lives in Brooklyn. Uh, he's a legend in Brooklyn, in boxing, not just in Brooklyn, in New York City, in the United States, Olympic gold medalist, former welterweight champion of the world, thrown under the bus by Deontay uh, and accused of spiking Deontay's wa uh, water while he was his trainer, of being disloyal, of colluding with the Kronk gym, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, even throwing the Darrell brothers. I mean, as a guy who purports to stand up for black people, uh, you know, accusing the Darrell brothers. Uh, by the way, the dog Darrell was trained by Sugar Hill Stewart last night, as you know, because he's a cronk fighter out of Detroit. Uh, but to throw your own trainer under the bus, I felt was really bad. And, you know, it's a very simple fix. You know, heavyweight boxing is very difficult. We put our bodies and our minds through hell in order to prepare for these fights. People were all in my ear saying all kind of different things. I was upset with Mark Breland for stopping the fight, but I should have never accused him of spiking my water. I'm in Brooklyn. I just want to apologize for that. And I want to move on from that situation and, you know, be a positive influence moving forward for my rest of the career. You know, a mark of a great person is never doing bad things, but is when you've done bad things to, uh, apologize for them and, you know, redeem yourself. Boom! PR statement done. Freestyled by Maestro right here live. I could have written that for him. And it would have been great had he issued that apology in Brooklyn, in Mark Breland's hometown, home borough. Uh, I, th I think that that would have been great. That That's my thing. And the funny part is what I saw on the show, more than the cracking and whatever. It's the rubbing the shoulders guy. Uh, all time. That just shows you his team, the makeup of his team. Uh, people massaging his ego uh, and not keeping it real with them. I think that that's probably been one of his Achilles heels for, for a lot of the last bit of his career. I mean, the training that he was doing from the strength and conditioning side, guys gassing him up for, for bench pressing 215 pounds. Um, and it's there, the bar is shaking and they're all clamoring for it. And then they put it out on social media when it actually made him look bad. Why? Because they want to be all up in the video. They want to be all up on Instagram. They want to be all up there with the heavyweight, uh, uh fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world. It looked kind of real cornball-y. Uh, and I, you know, there was no need for that guy to be behind them massaging him uh, that whole time. Kenny, go for it. I thought the massaging was funny looking. I, I didn't like the massaging either. Uh, yeah, it was all the, the, the whole the whole scene started hilarious to me. The voice cracking, the shoulder rubbing, all of that was funny and way too much. I get it. Showing emotion, you know, showing you're human, showing you've changed. I get all of that. Right. But at the end of the day. I'm a dude that's from the hood. I'm a dude that was raised going through hard times. My family was raised going through hard times. And this one thing that you don't do as a dude from the hood or as a man, you just don't show weakness. And I felt like he was showing weakness, not by the crying, 
not by the crying. He was showing weakness by the voice cracking. By yo, it's, it's okay to cry. Take your second and breathe. Just wipe them tears. All right, I got it back. Instead of you know, like nah, you know, I wasn't feeling that. And then it, it was, it was, it was a great message. It's not about the message. It's about the way that the message was delivered. That's all. So he showed a little too much weakness. And just like I feel like he doesn't see it, but I feel like he the whole spiking of the water, the whole cheating, the whole glove gate, all of that is showing weakness. Yeah, look, I, and look, I understand what you're saying, Nando. He says apologies for the whataboutism, but Muhammad Ali never apologized for calling Frazier a gorilla. Look, he, he didn't, but here's the difference. Frazier wasn't training Muhammad Ali. I mean, it would be like, Steph, I know you from the Bay Area, so I'm going to use a Bay Area example. Imagine that the Golden State Warriors lose the championship and Steph Curry blames Steve Kerr for spiking his water because he had a bad performance. That's what happened with Deontay and with Mark Breland. It was ridiculous. It was the worst. For me, Glovegate wasn't the worst thing. That was bad. That was really bad. And people want to talk about how bad Michaela Mayer was in, in calling it a robbery and that believing she won the fight. It was bad. Glovegate was war, far worse than that, but far worse than Glovegate was the Mark Breland stuff, in my opinion. I've said it live on this channel. I've said it live on other channels. The Boxing Voice, H Money, uh, you know, Ringside Reporter, uh, Divine Sense. I've been all over the place saying this. Um, but but that is what it is. Uh, great show, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell because you don't want to be live uh, for these. All right. I'm also going to be going live for punchlines. And I want everybody to be ready for those. And all you got to do is hit that notification bell because when I do go live for punchlines, I want people to know. Gorilla than the planet of the apes. I ride a punchline and plan it on your face. Eat a punch that you ain't even got a case. Here's a shot that you ain't even got a chase. And that will be it for Mano a Mano. Check out All on the Table, Kenny's EP. Check out Kenny's channel. All right. Uh, thank you for everybody for joining us live. This was Mano a Mano. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah. 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 Chrome hearts at the Caesars Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K-Bar, you can be established. A 230s, that's 69s. You can eat a salad while you feed a phallus. I speak in palettes that compete with graphics. At the speed of cheetah gallops at indecent average. Chopsticks when I be eating garrets. Philippe receipt and barrets, you can't see the marriage. That's why I started this in Vegas. Proposed to my toast, Neo's married to the Matrix. But I hate this bitch like I'm married to a racist. An addict, so the kilos get buried in the basements. Speed the wagon like Rio's, vicarious, vivacious. Patois, noir, but the Creole is basic. So when I'm around them Haitians, I don't even say shit. Last album sounded like I was signed to a spaceship. Brain was on drugs and my eyes was on LASIK. And the shit got legs, I don't think that I can chase it With rocket power Asics But the next one's coming with cases And witness protection facelifts For the fans, why hit them with kabams When the germaphobe jab can wash a nigga with hands I am not in my feelings, I'm in my glands 
I am not no bitch, I'm in a trance. Pandemic gimmicks got niggas all in the scams. Panhandling brilliance with lyrics all in their hands. Alan Watts got Watts living without a plan. But I want the smokes so while the kitchen ain't got no fans. L, 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 L.